Hi, I'm glad you're joining me. Today is going to be quite different than usual or normal. Um, what I um, want to share with you, I can't exactly explain it. I can tell you what happened. But it happened on Monday. Monday night, um, and I don't know what time it was because I try to go to bed fairly decent because I have to get up at four in the morning on Tuesday to meet with a guy for a Bible study and prayer. So anyway, um, whether I had a dream or I was spoken to directly by God, I have no idea. All I can tell you is what happened. And what we're going to talk today is what I can't tell you everything that happened because it lasted for four hours. Um, but it's one of those when I understand when Paul says whether I was in the flesh or out of the flesh, I didn't know because the very next day when the, he's the board member we met with, I shared with him the strange experience I had. And I didn't know if, if it was a dream or, or what. So I want to share with you because it was all about prayer. And it was very, very special. And some very specific directions were given to me. So I want to share all of that with you in pieces. And this is the first piece. Um, I was asked to review in my mind going to the Oregon Caves when I was pastoring uh, my first church. And we did, I mentioned this before in, in some video where we went to the Oregon Caves and you walk, I think it's about a mile from the opening to what they called their big room. And in that room, he told us that we were going to experience total darkness for the first time and to look around. I mean, where are you standing? Uh, look and see, because when we turn the lights off, you're not going to be able to see anything. And so we were all sure that we're standing carefully because it wasn't like level ground. It was uh, a cave. And so he, they turned the lights off. And for the first time in my life, I experienced total darkness. I put my hand on my face and I couldn't see my fingers. I mean, it was that dark in there. Well, a mile from light. So they said there was a little bit of light. So I put my hand over my face and I had real negative uh, feelings, fearful feelings and so on because the first time in my life I experienced total darkness. Then the, the next experience that I had uh, on Monday night was I was a, uh, a child born during the Depression. And uh, being a child of Depression, um, I'm glad I was. Uh, we learned to make do with nothing. Um, but anyway, we, my folks looked for things to do that were free. And one of the free things that we had to do was the zoo. Griffith Park Zoo in California 
is set, and I don't want to call it mountains, but in the hills of California. If you ever seen the Hollywood sign that's painted, it's part of those hills, but it's extended way past that. And the zoo backs right up into it. In fact, the last area of the zoo, there's a cliff. So we were, we would go there because it was free. And then we'd picnic outside and it was a special treat for us. And my dad used the car. We only drove the car on Sunday. So, uh, so I'm confessing we probably went to the zoo on Sunday. Uh, but uh, anyway, <clears throat> we were in the zoo and the zoo had monkey cages. It was a huge metal building full of monkeys. I mean, it wasn't, it was open. You could go around it and see the different monkeys. It was divided by, I guess, types of monkeys, but there were, I don't know how many monkeys there, but a lot of monkeys. And, um, and it was open and it had a lid, uh, covering, so if it rained, but the monkeys were out in the air, Los Angeles, they, you know, winter or or summer, the temperature is never too drastically cold in the winter, and it can be a little too hot in the summer. But basically, it was all around, call all around weather. Well, we were standing at the monkey cage, looking at some of the monkeys, and some would perform and be goofy. And all of a sudden, the lion roared. Now the lion cages were right back. You couldn't go any further because of the cliffs. And so when the lion roared, it was a perfect place for the roar because it, had, it echoed off behind and echoed through the zoo. And I can't tell you what happened. The monkeys went crazy. They all started chattering and calling and warning other monkeys. It was chaos. So the monkeys are all tore up. Well, then the people, the, all the other animals got tore up, and they're all snorting and hollering or making noises and calling protect, calling everybody to be protected because there's a lion's loose. And, and I said to my, is a lion loose? My dad said, nope, it's in a cage. Don't worry. <laughs> all the animals were afraid. Maybe I ought to be too. But the chaos that that roar brought in that zoo, I will never forget. I was probably seven or eight years old. So that was over 80 years ago. And when you're in a fear situation like that, you don't forget. I mean, it was unbelievable. And so this fear was all over. The one lion caused all the animals that hurt him to fear. Now, I want to read to you some verses that God gave me. So that was the setting that God gave me in the dark. Uh, and so first, uh, in, in Peter, 1 Peter 5.8 is an interesting verse. It says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christians 
Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. And that, I think, describes where we are in America, in the world today. There is an encroaching darkness that is coming across our land and fear. Uh, I'm, I don't have, uh, I have a television that's plugged in, but it doesn't get channels. So I don't get the privilege of being frightened out of my socks by newscasters in, in watching that stuff. But my secretary and Paul and others will tell me stuff and I, I hear enough. It's just all negative. It's all awful. It's all fearful. Uh, terrible things are happening all across our land. Uh, you know, I'm back in the zoo. <laughs> the lion is roaring and people are succumbing to it. Uh, there, there's just fear all over our nation. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I went to get a haircut and I think the, the person uh, was part Sioux Indian. <laughs> I was hoping they would leave a little hair anyway. Uh, but anyway, that, that's where we are. Right now, we're, we're going through a terrible time of darkness and fear. And everybody's buying into it. And there's no hope at all. But we're told that the spirit of fear is not from God. It's from Satan. So Satan's doing a worldwide event right now with the roaring lion type of thing. Now, it is normal when you hear that roar. And later on, when I was in high school, the zookeeper then, his daughter was in my class, and he came and spoke to us, and someone said, well, what is the loudest noise the animals make in a zoo? And the zoo was a lot bigger by then. That was many, you know, probably 10 years later from when I was there before. And he said, the lion. And he said, what decimals that it has. They have a way of measuring sound and so on. And so the lion is roaring, and he's still roaring. Now, I want you to also do, uh, to write these verses down because I want you, because these verses came to me as I was listening to or having that dream or whatever it was. Uh, and the first one was this first Peter 5a. The second one was in Timothy and it's first Timothy 122. And the message, let me find it here. I mean, pardon me, Second Timothy 1, did I say Second Timothy 1, 20? Um, and that's an interesting verse. God One twenty-two. Well, I'm looking in my Bible and I marked it. And I don't see verse twenty-two, but I can tell you what it is. 
God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. And so the spirit of fear. So there is a spirit whose job is to cause fear. So we see as you times we do go out and you can just see people are not at ease. They're driving their cars. They have masks on while they're driving. Uh, they're running on the streets with masks on. Uh, every place you go, uh, most every place you're supposed to have a mask. And if you don't have one on, then the people get upset with you for not wearing one and all this stuff. But that fear, that fear is not of God, but it is permeating our land. So we have Satan as a roaring lion. He's roaring and people are, are responding to that. Then he said there's a spirit also that is coming along and making the fear more fearful. And so what do we do? What do we do under all of this darkness and heaviness and negativity uh, and nothing positive being said? Well, we need to go to Ephesians chapter 3. Um, Let me get here on the Bible. And this is a wonderful verse. I mean, these verses are the ones that God gave me. In Ephesians chapter 3, the wonderful scripture there is verse 20. And I love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses. That God is able to do. That's in the King James. God is able to do. See, we're, we're, the enemy is saying it's hopeless. There's nothing we can do. We're, where are we? What, what can we do about this? We're just being encroached. We're, we're giving in to the roar as the animals in the zoo did and all the animals and all everybody. Most everybody's nervous and worried. Uh, people are moving. I know people that are moving from the state because they're not comfortable in that state anymore. So they're up their family and going somewhere else. It's just, uh, we're living in very, very difficult times. Uh, but Ephesians 3.20, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask in prayer or even enter our minds. Well, that's a wonderful promise. We, we need to grab some promises here as in the darkness they float by, grab one <laughs> to keep your head above the water, that we don't sink into this, this, this is a horrible time, so it'll never get better, all of that negativity. Uh, see, the, this is setting the stage, and you know, and you may know, uh, I have in my family, I have four family members, four grandchildren that are struggling with PTSD, which is tremendous fear. Um, three of them because they were in Afghanistan in the war there and the war and the way the war was fought and all of that are, are very, very difficult. In fact, I'll be calling one of my grandsons who is in treatment, 28-year-old. Uh, wonderful young man who is wants to get on the other side 
uh, the fear, and that was from war. Uh, we have people not in war that are fearful on the streets, fearful to go places. Uh, you know, what will happen to me? I know my sister, where she lives, uh, it wasn't safe for her to get in her car for a while to go hardly anywhere because of the unrest in what was going on. So we're living in very difficult, difficult times, but it's not of God. We have to realize that it's not of God. So the thing is, <clears throat> what are we to do about this? Why are we going through this? And Philippians 4, 6, and that is another one of my favorite verses. I'm glad God gave me verses that I like. But Philippians 4, 6 uh, was this, don't worry about anything. Are you hearing me that are listening? <laughs> He's saying, come on, get your head out of the sand, Logan. <laughs> get, your head out of the, get your head out of the closet. Open the door, look outside. I got plenty to fear. Now, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Paint that on the side of your house or somewhere where you can see that verse as everything coming to you is negative. How do I survive negativity uh, that, that's going on? Well, it's interesting as I, and this is only the first part of the dream I had uh, or whatever was going on. Um, I was able to interact in the dream or I was able to act to speak. And I said, well, I said, Lord, why are you telling me this? I mean, I know all of this. I know Satan is like a roaring lion. You know, I know these verses you shared. I know the truths of God. Why are you telling me this? Why am I, why can't I go to sleep? Uh, I'm old and I need my sleep, my beauty sleep especially. <laughs> I need to hardly wake up. I need to sleep longer. Uh, but, <clears throat> and he told me, and it was amazing. He said, I want to use your website. And I said, what in the world? What are you talking about? I, I didn't have the vision, you know, what we could do with our website. And he said, and I wrote some things down. He said, I want you to start an LPM. And I, I thought that was some kind of nurse, <laughs> you know, whatever that is. And the, what it is, is a lunch prayer ministry. And he said, do you realize that you have four time zones? Well, I knew that, but I don't think about them all the time. But we have four time zones. There'll be four different time zones watching this verse. And the Lord said, tell people when they eat their lunch to pray about what's happening around them. First of all, to pray about people. 
I, I guess at the end of this month, maybe I'm wrong, but I think at the end of this month, it's possible that people can be evicted because they don't have a job and they can't pay rent. Pray for those people. Pray for people uh, that are trying, that are going, we have, we have places here in Sioux City, it's a small place, but we have a couple big places that giving away food and they give away tons of food that people are trying to feed their families. We're in a very difficult time. See, the worst thing that good people, and I'm, I'll stop the good, that God's people can do is nothing. That is the greatest sin. To see what is happening, to see people that are living in fear. They don't, they don't know about eternity. They don't know about God. They're living in fear. Uh, a fear to go out for I might catch something. A fear, whatever, to go to the store. Uh, a fear, am I going to have my job? And just the economy and everything that's going on. So this this lunch prayer meeting, which is interesting, with the four time zones, because I know there are people that will watch this video in New York. That's time zone number one. <laughs> and then you get in the Midwest where we are. That's time zone number two. So at lunch, before I have my lunch, we're not saying you have to go to a meeting somewhere. You don't have to gather 100 people uh, to pray. You just pray because you're a believer. You're praying for those in your area. You're praying for what you see. You pray uh, against uh, the fear that's, that's holding them bondage and so on. You pray against the enemy will go more into that, but right now, I want you to pray for it. The, the first series of these lessons on prayer, this one is for. Pray for the people. Pray for the people that are hurting. Pray for those that have lost their jobs. Pray for the kids that don't know if they're going to go back to school. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Some states, yes. Some states, no. Uh, I was talking to a uh, uh, some friends in Hawaii, in Maui. Uh, well, they say we're going to have schools. We hope, <laughs> you know. Uh, <clears throat> so it's it's affecting it's affecting everybody. So pray for them on that uh, during your lunch hour. And so you have two more time zones. The last inning in California. So if everybody listening will take what God shared for you to do is to take your time. It's not a big deal, but it can be a wonderful thing of just at your lunch, praying for one thing. You're praying every day. You eat lunch every day. You pray at that time for one aspect of something. Maybe you saw or you heard or whatever. You pray against it or you pray for it or whatever. But you begin to pray uh, to God about that situation. And then God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly beyond what you're asking. So God is calling us to pray and putting it in his hands that we are concerned and we're showing love to other believers. Um, you know, and God says, when we pray, then, I love Philippians 4.6, don't worry. Every time you worry, you cough. Oh, I've got... 17, 18, or 19, or 20, whatever one that is. <laughs> I've got it. I've got to go. You know, I'm just, I get so caught up 
in myself. And that's all the enemy. There's people all around us that need the Lord. And we want to pray for these people. And the thing that, that, that God said that was so wonderful is that, do you realize how many hours of prayer, four hours of prayer every day, that just the thousand people on our website, if you would pray and just tell someone, you know, uh, I, I'm in a group and we never meet and we don't send money and <laughs> we, we don't get letters. It's wonderful. <laughs> All we do is encourage others while they, before they eat their lunch to pray for someone that they've seen or pray about the situation, but pray to God and then prayers can go up. And we can maybe see God do exceedingly abundantly above all we're able to ask or even think. So we're using our website not to be against anything, but to call believers to pray. Father, I thank you. I, I had a very difficult time after this whole four hours of your speaking to me and all the other stuff you said. Um, and then waking up or whatever, was it a dream or was I talking? Was I awake? Uh, it was hard to know. And I still don't know for sure. Uh, in fact, the guy I met with in the morning at five o'clock, he said, you better write it down. And I said, I'm so tired. I can't write it down. <laughs> Apparently, I've only had four hours or less of sleep. But Lord, I'm thankful that we do have a website that reaches across our land. And we know that at least there are a thousand people. And if the thousand would just ask one person to pray about what's happening. Pray for. And then, Father, we know that you're able to do. We want to release your healing, your power, your ability you don't want to limit you with our mind, limit you because the, the lion is roaring and fear is so prevalent. Lord, we look beyond that. We look up to you, the God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.